welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, the ultimate destination for principals, leaders, and educators. That's right. We're diving deep into the important stuff, the ups and downs of mental health, the secrets to managing stress effectively, figuring out that elusive work-life balance, and mastering the art of being an effective leader. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embark on an incredible journey with us as we explore the fascinating world of life and leadership. So whether you're a principal, leader, a busy parent, educator, or someone on a mission to make a positive impact in the world, this podcast is for you. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Another cloudy day here in uh, Soda. Looking out to the clouds, my friend. I don't like it. I'm a sunny type of guy. Winter's coming. But you know what? They were just talking about on the news. It's going to be a very mild next couple of weeks, they said. All good, because we are... What are we at here? We're uh, we're about a week away from uh, week away from Thanksgiving, my friend. Uh, yeah, a little bit, maybe a little bit longer. A little bit longer, but yeah, but we're close to Thanksgiving here, uh, and so we are ready to go here today. Oh man, Kev. busy week, isn't it? Oh yeah, busy week. There's all, it's busy always week. busy week. Busy week. I look forward to uh, checking in with you today. Hope uh, you're well over there on the other side of the world. <laughs> I am. I am. We're good. We're we're uh, we're not shooting, uh, you know, any video today. We're having some some issues with our platform, but we're we're going audio and and uh, it's, it's all good for the listeners, probably. Yeah, huh? <laughs> we're both having hey. a bad hair day. <laughs> That's right. Are you uh, ready to go? I'm ready. Let's raise that frequency today, man. Let's go. Let's go spread some good out in the podcast universe, my friend. Hey, episode 2P48. Excited to be checking in with you today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the two principals. Hey, if this is your first time checking into the 2P pod, we appreciate your time. We know that there is a multitude of uh, podcasts out there to listen to, so we appreciate you taking um, some precious time out of your schedule and sitting down and um, listening to us two clowns, right? Yeah. Yeah. And have some fun. And we're yeah. going to great topic today that we're going to talk about. I'm excited about it. Uh, Kev, as I always say, we are an indie podcast and there is just no better way to describe to you and I figuring this podcast journey out. But hey, we uh, week after week, we keep producing podcasts. And on the indie podcast, I just found out that... Uh, in the weekly top 100 of mental health, we are coming in at number seven. This oh, week. that's good. Yeah, number seven. Uh, seven out of health. nine. Seven out of nine. No, 100, my <laughs> no, friend. I'm just kidding. Seven out of 100. So, hey, we are, uh, uh, we do appreciate uh, all the listeners checking in with us because, again, it's just Kevin and I. We put this whole thing together from the, the front end to the back end, all the in-betweens and trying to get out episodes every Wednesday to you. And hopefully you're finding value in them. And if you are, we would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate our podcast because that gives us a great way to know how we're doing. And uh, again, appreciate it. Hey, Kev, I got a song for us today. Let's hear it. What do we got? I'll play it. Are you an M- Are you an Eminem guy? Do I you am. Like Eminem. Yeah, yeah. I, was, so, I was. I was big when he came out. That was in college. Let's uh, let's uh, play some "Not Afraid" by Not Eminem. Not afraid. Actually, I'm I'm a fan, but I don't know this one. This is the clean version, by the way. Oh, that's good, because we don't need any. 
some of you might still be in that place. Gotta listen to words. Follow me. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them, but you won't take this thing out these words before I say So, obviously, Eminem, he's known for his, you know, his different controversial. Yeah, words and all that stuff, but this is a. This is a powerful track that speaks to resilience, determination, needed to overcome failure, obstacles, and then rise above failure. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, Kevin. We're going to be talking about failure, overcoming that as leaders, overcoming that as principals. So I thought this was a good song or anthem for today, Not Afraid by Eminem. Gets you a little fired up. So I like folks, it. Eminem, Not Afraid. Hey, Mailbag. Yep. We had a question come in. Oh, man, I am so unorganized. Have you ever feel unorganized? I'm just, <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's just not, I, I like to be kind of putting things, but I am so on. I'm trying to find this. We had a few people reach out to us this week, but I had one question that I liked about, um, oh yeah, the, uh, the episode that is out or that uh, last episode, 2P47, yep. which was on Boundaries. Uh, healthy. Oh, was it boundaries? Yeah, Wasn't was it? it boundaries? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Healthy work-life boundaries. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks, buddy. I'm so. <laughs> you were there. Said. You were there. I was. Yeah. I really remember that. Yeah. yeah, we were. We were talking boundaries, <laughs> but this question was about. We really didn't talk a lot about folks that are working remotely, mm. and this listener works remotely, and you know, asked the question to us. Well, hey, you know, you guys talked a lot about. Um, you know, folks probably going into buildings or going into whatever, yeah. but what about those uh, folks working remotely? What are some strategies that you could give somebody? For, Man, for I, you know, to be honest, account? I don't know if I'd be an expert or really even able to answer this with, with a whole lot of credibility because, of, you know, aside from when the pandemic started and educators went home for, you know, a few months, I certainly didn't do a whole lot of it. My wife does right, right now. She's been working from home for three and a half years and I guess, uh, you know, I, 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 I would imagine that one of the illusions for employers with staff that are working from home is that they're just always available. Right. Um, I, I guess that might be a kind of a, a trap, so to speak. And, and mm-hmm. um, having not done it a whole lot, I guess, I don't know, maybe one of the biggest boundaries is just turn your computer off when it's not, when it's not work time. <laughs> yeah, um, that's probably, yeah that, that's the big piece. Uh, you know, and I, and I did do a little bit of kind of reading on that because sure. it does it can overlap right yeah it, just like how we talk in our jobs can overlap it's important to like perfectly what you said you're just gonna have to create here's the time i'm here's the time mm-hmm. i'm checking in and here's the time i'm checking out and then you got to check out and and uh, the other piece i was reading about too is create a uh like kind of an office area yeah i was so just thinking go about in, that go into your office do your work and then shut down and then leave your office shut the door and then check into what you got yeah, Good yeah. If you're if you're fortunate enough to have a space that you can dedicate to that, that yeah. that's a great strategy. Yeah. So I appreciate again. We so much appreciate listeners checking in with us, and and uh, you know they're helping us continue to grow and learn too. And if you have questions or want to check in with Kevin or I, uh, the two principals here, it is the number two principles p r i n c i p a l s podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Just feedback and all that other good stuff. Hey, Kevin, we have a, a newsletter, blog, whatever you want to call it, um, and we, we enjoy putting those out. You and I, it's a topic that uh, is obviously near and dear to our heart. It helps us as we continue to grow as leaders, as principals, as educators, 
And we put that out every uh, week. Uh, and it's something that uh, I, I hope folks are finding benefit in. And we continue to grow our two principles community there. What are ways that people can check in and find out a little bit about our newsletter? I'll call it blog too, because it's so short. It's really not like a newsletter, but it's just really detailed information. Yeah, the quickest and easiest way to get to it is just go to our go to our website, twoprinciples.com. Right down there at the bottom of the homepage, there's a link, um, or not a link, rather. You just you just put in your uh, first name, last name, and your email. You will get an email that you will need to confirm. So a little email confirmation. Once you do that, you are good to go. And every time we send one out, you will get it. We are sending out one email a week. It's on Sundays, usually midday. And again, like you said, it's short. It's only a couple of minutes. Um, sign up. Check it out. Yeah, it's good. Like I said, it's a, it's a topic that we, you know, we'll either talk about or or we put out there that could help uh, leaders, educators, principals. And uh, what's the one that just, uh, the one that uh, we just dropped uh, or we just put out uh, Sunday was on, uh, oh my gosh. I can't even remember. uh, Nutrition? Oh, you know what it's on. No, Um, this one was on uh, uh, failure. So not a failure? No, I don't know. We got we got so many out there. Yeah, we got too much yeah. going on. We we got them. All. We need help. We do. We're trying to do. We do need help. We need people to come check. But anyway, check us out uh, on our web. Check us out uh, obviously on uh, social media too. We're we're putting a lot of great things out there. We're growing our uh, community through uh, Twitter or X. So if you want to give us a follow uh, on X, check us out there. We're putting a lot of good stuff out there. Also, we, we throw some stuff out there periodically on Instagram and YouTube as well, too. So check those out. All right, Kevin, your favorite part of the show. Yep. What is it? What's your favorite part of the show? Random question of the day. The random question of today's show. I feel like we, need, I feel like we need to get Kevin, a little would sound you rather... intro for that. Yes, we do. Yeah. We're going to... That's little jingle. Yep, next episode yeah. we record that... Yep. It'll be the, uh, yep, we'll have a little jingle for the random question of the show. All right, so Kevin, would you rather experience a major failure early on in your career and learn valuable lessons that propel you towards long-term success or never, ever have to experience fail but remain, you know, good, things are going well, and you have limited growth and learning opportunities? Oh, this is easy, for sure, option one, for sure. Well, I know. Yeah. What What if that, let me just throw, I'm going to throw a curveball. And what if that, um, what if that major failure led to like uh, a relationship breakup? Yeah, could. I, I think, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like, yeah, I know you are. I, I feel like this topic is going to get a little bit, um, it's going to fall under the umbrella of a little bit uh, philosophical. Um, because there's there's no right or wrong yeah. when it comes to this idea of 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 failure and accepting failure and using it to your advantage, um, and, and it's a super super you know old cliche, but I think things happen for a reason. And if 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 failure early on in in one's career or one's relationship causes a ripple effect, I always think people end up being right where they're supposed to be, right where they where they need to be. Um, we are, you are, we all are a, a representation of the collection of experiences that we've had thus far on this planet. 
both good and bad experiences, right? And failures are part mm-hmm. of that. So, um, man, I mean, you want to start listing out things I've screwed up on in my life? Let's, <laughs> let's well, be- I know, you know, and when I think about this, though, I think about like the word that pops in my head is the perfectionist. Yeah. Somebody who always wants to do things right and doesn't want to necessarily go through that difficult time or fail because everything's got to be perfect. So, you know, that's what pops in my head. And we'll probably have more conversation about that. I think it's a question to kind of think about, but again, I think uh, failure uh, and and failing is part of growth. It's part of how you learn. It's how, uh, when you go through obstacles in life, when you go through challenges and you build your resilience and all that stuff, I think it just helps you just become a better person. That's just me and, and my opinion. So, We'll go through that. We'll talk about that. But the topic of today's show is reframing failure. So mm-hmm. from a from a principal, from a leader, from an educator, how do you reframe failure? Because that is a key leadership skill. And there's, uh, you know, some other things too here that, uh, you know, you know, failing forward, you know, yeah. mastering the art of failure yeah. or maybe from, you know, from those setbacks to success, yeah. embracing that failure in leadership. So what else you got there? What are some other things? Um, you know, just um, making sure that you're using failure for for growth. Again, you you need to learn from your mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's a mindset. It's it's uh, you, you talked about that perfectionist piece, and and uh, you know we'll probably get into that a little bit. But I mean, find me a person on this planet who hasn't failed. I know. I know it's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. They don't exist. Well, or the people, I mean, you look at successful leaders or successful principals or successful, just people in general, mm-hmm. and you listen to their stories. And that's what I love to do. I always love to either listen to a podcast or read a book or, uh, on, on specific dif- different leaders out there. And usually they've had to overcome some major obstacles mm-hmm. in their life. And so that's part of it. And so, yeah, today I, I like this one, the, the secret ingredient or the secret sauce Mm. to exceptional leadership. And that could be failure, overcoming failure. Mm -hmm. And that could be the secret ingredient to help you propel your career and and do move on and do great things. So Kevin, with that, we today are going to, um, we got some stats, right? Yeah. We're going to dive into this topic of, you know, the world of leadership and uncover the secrets to success. We're going to explore, we're going to explore the crucial skill of reframing failure and how, it can transform your leadership journey. So principals, leaders, educators out there, anybody that's listening, this would be a great topic. Hopefully you enjoy our conversation today uh, with Kevin and I. And yeah, Kevin, we got some stats out there that you and I uh, kind of looked at both from the uh, just overall. And then we kind of dove into the more principalship too. So I want you to start shooting some of those out there. Yeah, here's one. Um, this is part of the Harvard Business Review. Uh, 68% of leaders believe that their organization encourages taking risks and learning from failure, which indicates a growing recognition of the importance of reframing failure as a key leadership skill. So so companies, you know, they're, they're, they're recognizing that there is value in um, reflecting on making mistakes. Um, 68%, that's, that's a big chunk. That's, that is great. That's good. Um, another study, 80% of executives, they stated that their organizations encourage, again, risk-taking. Um, that that absolutely also highlights the emphasis on creating that culture that is also embracing failure. So that's a separate survey that kind of mm-hmm. is breaking down the same thing. Numbers are a little higher in that one. Um, that one specifically talks about 
innovation. Okay. And you think yeah, about, yeah. you think about innovate. I mean, think about what that word means. Let, let's go to, when you think of a company, when you think of the word innovation and, and think of a company, what automatically pops into your mind? I've got one that pops into my mind. Uh, I've got Tesla. Okay. I was thinking Apple. Yeah. Apple okay. too. Yep. yep. But Tesla is the same thing. Yep. I, I would love, I think it would be so interesting to be able to be in a room with all those engineers Mm-hmm. At the birth of an idea. Oh, yeah. Because think about it. I mean, at one point, the iPhone or the Tesla, right? It didn't exist. It mm-hmm. didn't exist. You think, do you think they <laughs> didn't make mistakes? Do you think they didn't fall flat on their face? Oh, probably hundreds of times, hundreds of times in that process. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I think it would be extremely the, interesting yeah, to, cool. to hear that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I just, yeah, like you said, sit in the room and do that. But then at the same time, like you said, is to understand how some of the greatest products or the greatest things that have, that have either been invented or done have come through failure. And I think that's the piece that people need to understand. Yeah, I agree. What else we got there? Uh, Let's see. There's a study. We have one from Journal of Applied Psychology. Uh, found that leaders are embracing failure again as a learning opportunity. Um, they're they're leveraging um, that they, they believe it increases resilience, adaptability. Eighty two percent of respondents in this other survey um, also feel that they are being encouraged to learn from failure. So there's definitely some themes here. I mean, all these these studies are from different um, different journals and and whatnot, but they're all basically saying the same thing. <laughs> That people are feeling companies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Yeah. I've got a couple here that uh, from the National Association of Secondary School Principals. Okay. Uh, This was a survey done that 70% 70 of those who responded to it stated that they encouraged their staff to take risks and learn from failures. Again, it's encouraging. I think that's the only way. I think the biggest piece I hope people are going to get take away from us today is the only way you're going to grow and you're going to develop and you're going to whatever is you're going to have to take risks. You're going to have to maybe fail a little bit in order to grow and get better. And so keep looking at that and being resilient. Um, the other one here that I found was interesting, a study published in the journal of educational administration for school principals, uh, School principals who embraced failure and encouraged their staff to do the same reported higher levels of collaboration, innovation, and overall school improvement. And you talk about school improvement plans. You talk about putting, uh, you know, setting your goals at the beginning of the year with your leadership team and all that stuff. But if you are one to encourage that with your staff to be risk-taking and to understand that we might fail at this, you are you, what they're finding is you're going to see higher levels of collaboration. You're going to have more innovative, creative ideas, and the big piece there is overall school improvement. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want as principals, leaders, educators, we want to have better school improvement. So those are just some statistics that, again, I think reframe failure. That is it. What it says is it's crucial for leadership, uh, for principals, educators, uh, and leaders. Uh, you know, to do that. And I think at the other, the other thing too, what that can do, and I was having a conversation this week about this, about teacher retention. How can we keep 
A, keep our teachers in the profession, but then how can we grow the profession and, and have more teachers join? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big things is, is to let young, uh, new teachers understand, hey, go out there, try new things. Try, try to be innovative. Try to be creative. Try to fail. Uh, figure out what, what are your strengths and let's embrace those strengths and let's, let's go from there. But I think those are things we can do as principals to, to help with that. So yeah, that's what we got. Hey, I got, got some questions here for you. Let's just kind of, uh, go back and forth on these questions here. But the one I have for you is like, when you're thinking of like a, a, a leader, you're thinking of a principal out there, how can a principal, let's just, I'm gonna use the word principal here, reframe maybe some of their setbacks in, in their professional life uh, and or maybe, maybe personal life, how can they reframe those setbacks as opportunities for growth and success? And then are there any strategies that they could use uh, to encourage maybe the mind mindset shift with mm-hmm. that? Well, a couple of things that come to mind right off the bat is I think the difficult part with this concept is just that that it's kind of a concept. It's it's kind of a it, it, it's kind of a an abstract um, thought process. We're talking about your relationship with failure. I mean, that's not something tangible, right. and and so I think that creates some difficulty in and of itself. We're, we're going to use you know we've already used this word a lot, but we're gonna, I'm going to use it here too, and it's encourage. Um, yeah. You have to encourage your staff consistently. I mean, it's, 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 this is not something if you're going to, if you're going to move the needle as a, as a building, as a system, your relationship with failure and understand that, that it is a, you know, quote unquote positive thing and you can use it for, for change. That's not going to happen overnight. And I think you need to recognize that. That's the first thing that this is, it's going to take time. Yeah. And so that encouragement piece needs to happen consistently. You need to provide your staff with opportunities to experiment um, mm, yeah. and and call it out. Be very, very deliberate that, hey, this is an experimentation. Why don't you try this without any preconceived notion as what the result is going to be and see what happens? What's right. the worst of the thing that's going to happen? Nobody's going to die. Right. Nobody's going to die. We're, we're, we're working with kids. We're trying to increase knowledge content. So, and then... The other thing that you and I talk a lot about in all areas is modeling and mm-hmm. making sure that you are providing opportunities to for your staff to see you uh, participating and modeling in the behavior that you want to see in them. And so, you know, maybe that's um, as simple as during a staff meeting, you're going to use a new piece of technology that you, you're not comfortable with and you're up front with it and you tell them, hey, Folks, I'm using I'm using a new approach. I'm not exactly an expert in this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It may be a total disaster, but it'll be okay. So those are just a couple of quick little points. And then when you say that, I always think about like in in the education field how are you, how are we ever going to know if some of this stuff works, mm-hmm. right? How are you ever going to know if this maybe new instructional strategy or this new technology or whatever it may be? How are you ever going to know it's going to work if we don't try things? and maybe fail at them or pull holes. And that's something as I've gotten older, I was like, you know what, we got to just jump out there and, and try it and see what's going to happen. And, you know, maybe 
some holes need to get poked in it, but you're going to figure it out and maybe it'll make it better. So, yeah. Uh, I got a question for you. How about barriers? Um, you know, when we talk about making change, oftentimes barriers are included. That's, that's what's Mm -hmm. so hard about change. Uh, what are some common barriers in your opinion that leaders are facing when trying to, to, you know, embrace that failure? Um, and how, how do they, how do they make that shift? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, and we talked a little bit about it at the start, you know, when you have that uh, perfectionism mentality, mm-hmm. it's kind of that fear. You're, you you fear failure. You, you don't want to fail because you feel like if you fail, you're bad or you're not good or you're not perfect. So that could be a barrier if you um, have that fear of failure. Another one could be when you're talking about, let's just say, uh, with a in the principal world, leader world, whatever, maybe there is a lack of trust in the team. Like, you know, you're like, well, if I do this, what if, you know, what if someone else says something or it doesn't, you know, there's, there's no, there's not that trust factor. And I think in a lot of things, in any type of relationship, a, a, a team, uh, individual relationship, whatever it is, you need to have trust. And so if you don't have that trust, in their team, I think that could be a barrier um, that leaders face when trying to embrace failure. And then uh, one other one I would say too, that kind of goes along with that trust one is uh, a culture that punishes mistakes. Mm. If you're in an organization or you're in a, a company or in a school and it's almost like this gotcha thing, nobody's going to want to try something new. You, you're just going to try to get by without failing or outdoing, without doing anything wrong. So if you have that culture within your school or your organization, I'd really, I'd really look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, is this really helping our company, our school, being innovative, being creative, and, and, and trying some new things? But those are three things that come to my mind. Again, if you have that, that fear of failure, uh, lack of trust, and then uh, maybe a culture that punishes mistakes. So I think, and you asked that second part, how do you overcome? How do you overcome those as uh, for somebody? Well, I think as a leader, and this is something you and I have talked quite a bit about over uh, uh, you know, the course of our show, is modeling vulnerability and maybe modeling openness about your own failure. So if I'm a, if I'm a principal and I get up and I can say to my staff, Oh my God, I, I, I really screwed this one up. This did not go well. This is all on me. This is, this is my failure. And you can be open about that. You know what? That's probably going to share with your staff that, okay, this leader, this principal is uh, okay with it and going to make, going to make, uh, you know, I, I can go out and do that. Uh, I also think they can, um, create spaces for their team uh, to share their experience and insights uh, gained from setbacks. And what I mean by that is maybe you have uh, weekly meetings with your, with your, uh, with your admin team or with your leadership team or whatever, but give opportunities and open space that it's okay to talk about, Hey, I tried this, this didn't work, but then what I did is I tried this and this helped me out. Do you guys have, does anybody else have any other suggestions for that? But if you can create that culture like that, man, that can really be so powerful and really make that, uh, 
your your team, your staff feel really supported that it's okay to uh, make those, um, uh, you know, fail and all that stuff. So, and then I would just say uh, the last thing I would say is uh, just, again, be very clear with, as, as a principal, be very clear with your um, expectations that you have for if it's your leadership team, if it's your staff, students, whatever you're, whoever you're talking to, be very clear with those expectations. Uh, and then make sure you have, maybe it's a, a framework for, cause the other piece that I am thinking about is all of a sudden, Kevin, I just say, Hey, go ahead and do whatever. Well, all of a sudden there's gotta be a little bit of a balance too. You don't want, you know, going off the deep end and then sure. things are collapsing. Uh, and that's not what I'm talking about. There, maybe have a little bit of a framework or some boundaries like say, okay, Hey, we can, we can try these things in these areas for this. And then maybe it's a little different in this area. Um, but just having those, uh, frameworks for experimentation, curiosity, all that good stuff, I think can really, uh, encourage folks to, uh, embrace failure and and just not, don't have that fear of it. It's good. All right. I am going to go, with you to um so kind of what i we've been talking a little bit about this but as a principal as a leader as even an educator um how could uh a principal use failure to drive creativity and innovation within their school, their building, their organization? Well, I, th- I think, again, <laughs> it's, the, it's that relationship piece of, um, you know, really, I, I, again, I'm going to use overuse that word, but encouraging and, and telling, telling staff, it's okay if what you tried didn't work. Try something, try something new. Get together, yeah. collaborate, be creative, think outside the box. Um when, when, right when you asked this question, one of the first things that came to my mind was, um, and you probably know the, the school district, there's a, there's a local school district here. I'm assuming the position is still there. I know it was years ago. Um, they have an individual that is, I believe the title is chief innovation officer. It's a district level position and their job is to cover George. I remember George Kiros. Yeah. 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 But th- their job is to collect ideas for certain projects throughout the school year, um, f- you know, related to the school district. And then they pick, you know, a handful uh, and then, and then they basically try to make it come to fruition. And I mean, you talk That's about awesome. it, you talk about a position and a, and a group of people that are embracing failure. It's, it's them. They're, they're saying, Hey, let's dream it. And then let's figure out how to do it. And they're they're coming up with ideas that don't exist. So again, they are yeah. going to make mistakes. And so, how how can leaders use failure to drive innovation? I mean, that's that's one. That's a very very concrete way that that district is is taking that approach. They're they're celebrating it. They're putting their their money where where their mouths are and saying this is so important. Yeah. We're dedicating a position to it. Um, but. If you don't have a department like that, I mean, it, it's again, it's it's that creating the environment where new ideas are welcomed. It's it's the encouraging, it's providing resources, um, 
um, uh, and, and, and encouraging innovation and time with staff, you know, being deliberate, telling staff, hey, get together, collaborate on these things. Let's, let's come up with some ideas that uh, uh, we haven't uh, come up with before. Maybe it's having some type of contest and seeing who can come up with the most creative solution. Um, it's, it's all those pieces. But I mean, to me, the, the, the term innovation and creativity, I think, are the two biggest things that become stifled if people are f- afraid to fail. Um, creative people, I mean, mm-hmm. somebody that is truly creative, totally that, that, that lives a creative lifestyle, they don't care about failure at all, not in the least. And, and, right. and they're creating beautiful things that, that um, you know, meet the results or meet the, the needs of whatever it is they're trying to do. So, so I don't know, I kind of rambled on that one, but no, that's a, yeah, that's great. Love it. Um, how about, you know, we talk about, we talk about resilience, um, mm-hmm. can failure, can the, can your relationship with failure or let me, let me reword that can resilience, what role does resilience play in someone's relationship with, with failure as a leader? Um, yeah, if that makes sense, is there yeah, a connection, no, totally is there a connection between resilience and your relationship with failure? And now a word about our partner, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota, HealthWise is ready and able to assist you with becoming the best version of yourself. And now back to the show. I would say absolutely there is. And I think if you are, and we've talked about this, we've had uh, conversations on this, but resilience is so important for leaders to have because those that have, that are resilient and have built resilience they're better equipped to bounce back from a setback. They're able to adapt to a change or something kind of going maybe off kilter. They're able to uh, handle that better. They also, I believe, leaders that have resilience or who are resilient, I think they have a they they just maintain a better positive outlook in the face of adversity. And that, that goes back to just being a positive leader too. understanding that, you know what, shit's going to go wrong, but you know what, I'm not going to dwell on it and, and sink my feet in it and just, you know, bathe in the shit. I'm going to actually get myself out of it and figure out a way how to do it. You know, so that those, those, those pieces there to me, I think being a resilient leader, the other thing I would say is I always get the question too, is like, well, Hey, how do you, how do you build resilience, right? How do you, how do you become a more resilient person? And you and I, I think one of our being on our journey that we are on for the overall well-being of ourself, it starts with yourself. It starts with how do you take care of yourself? And Mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of time on this. I know you have, you've been on your journey. I've been on my journey. And for us, you know, I'm going to speak for myself, but I know having these conversations, these are some of the similar things that you do, but you take care of yourself. You, and how do you do that? 
I like we put ourselves through go out exercise, do something uh, to move your body, whatever that looks like. Push your body, uh, run with your body, uh, walk with your body, do something in, in exercise because that's going to help build resilience because you're taking care of yourself. I also think that if you can incorporate mindfulness or meditation, and that doesn't have to be some, you know, hour, two hour thing. That can be a five minute practice. That could even be like, just I'm sitting down right now. I'm feeling the floor beneath me. I am feeling my breath go in. I am feeling my breath go out. I'm noticing my thoughts, doing that for a couple minutes a day to kind of center yourself. That's going to help build resilience. Then the last piece is a couple episodes ago, you and I spent a lot of time talking about this. We'll continue to talk about this on the show, but it's how can you continue to incorporate healthy eating habits? Mm -hmm. And those are things that you and I have changed over the course of our uh, journey and and what we do, but putting those things in our body. But I think if you're doing those things, that's going to help with your stress management. That's going to help emotionally, mentally, and spiritually uh, to help you. So when you do when you do have a challenge or something come up and you do fa- you may fail at something or go through a difficult obstacle, you have, you've built up uh, that resilience in you to know that, you know what, I'm going to get through this. And, it, and it get, it's going to go back to a little bit of that attitude, having that positive attitude. And then the last piece that I always forget, I don't always forget about, but I think it's so important. It's okay to, um, have a supportive network or have people, or maybe it's not people, but it's just one person that you can talk to about some of the things that are going on in your life. I know it's great that you and I, you and I can have conversations about life and things that are coming up and bounce things off of each other and help each other out. And we have other people in our lives that we can do that as well too, but have those people. And maybe it's even going to take the, to, to the level of, I need to go see a counselor. I need to go see a therapist or I need to go see maybe a, a, a leadership coach or whatever it may be. But if you can do those type of things, I think you're really going to help yourself become more of a resilient leader and somebody who's ready to uh, just go on and, and, and take on uh, the challenges and take on the things in your life. Agreed. <laughs> that was good. So- <laughs> I think that you know you you know me, Bally. I get I get fired up about that yeah, one. It's just something good. that because no, we, we we've gone through we've gone through a lot of stuff. We have. Um, I want to go back to something I was talking about, and and because I think I, I kind of mumbled through this one, and I, I think you can maybe speak to this a little bit better about it's that whole you know like we're talking about like oh just let people go fail just just <laughs> yeah. go let them fail. Yeah. Well, that's not really what I mean by that. There's, there's kind of a balance between that. Yeah. So how can you as a principal or leader or educator balance the need of that whole risk-taking thing with the potential of like those negative outcomes of failure? And then maybe are there some strategies, Kevin, that you could share with the listeners? Yeah, I, I think I think you're, you're spot on. We are not by any stretch of the imagination telling all of our staff, hey, you know what? Just wing it. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just do what feels natural, right? No, that's not what we're saying. Um, but within the confines of what it is that they're doing, there does need to be some, some, um, mobility and some flexibility and, and, uh, the ability to adapt and create and, and take risks. But one of the yeah. things that you could do as a leader is, is taking, you know, what we're going to call a, a risk assessment, really just kind of thinking about, 
your system and understanding, um, you know, if somebody were to take a risk, what's the furthest that they're going to fall? What's the, what's the biggest negative outcome that could potentially happen with that? And if you understand that, if you're setting up your, your systems with, you know, I'm going to call it like a fallback, so to speak, then, then you feel better taking a risk, right? Are, are you going to feel, mm-hmm. let me, let, you know, if you're climbing for the first time, you're going rock climbing, are you going to take bigger risks if you know you have a harness and you're harnessed in, if you make a mistake? You know, I don't know if those of you that know Alex Honnell, the guy that, that does the free solo stuff, I mean, his risk, I mean, if he makes a mistake, he's dead. Yeah. I mean, it's that <laughs> simple. It's that simple. Right. But so... If you take an appropriate uh, risk assessment of your of your building and your system and your structures, you know the worst thing that could potentially happen. Therefore, you feel more comfortable uh, allowing your your staff and encouraging your staff to take those risks. And so do, so do they. If they know mm-hmm. you've always got their back. If you if they know, well, this is the worst thing that's going to happen. I might be a half a day behind in my lesson plan, for example. Well, then, okay, I'm going to take the risk because I might knock it out of the park, okay? Mm-hmm. But if I don't knock it out of the park, eh, maybe I'm maybe I'm going to get a single, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so I think, I think that's what we're talking about. I think it's super important that you pointed that out there. We're not just telling everybody to be all willy-nilly and just do whatever it is they want to <laughs> do, um, make as many mistakes, mistakes as you want. Um, but it's, it's about maximizing the results um, with taking, you know, minimal risks, um, minimizing the impacts of, of those risks. And so I think, I think that's, I don't know. I don't know if I said it any better than you would have, but, um, no, I absolutely, I think that's perfect. Cause, uh, you do, you have to, you have to weigh them and you have to figure yeah. out, uh, you know, you can't just jump. I'm going to just get to like, I'm just jumping just to see what happens. No, let's, let's, let's make a calculated, Right. Risk with that. I really liked what you said there. Hey, we've got some interesting facts too on this topic that, uh, you know, from setbacks to success, I've got a couple here. And then uh, oh, this one, this was a study conducted by the University of Pennsylvania. Leaders who embrace failure are more likely to be successful in the long run. Let me say that one more time, because this, when I read this, it's like, these are the things we're talking about. The, the, the leaders who are embracing failure are more likely to be successful in the long run. A study found that leaders who were willing to take risks and learn from failures were more likely to achieve their goals and experience career success. Makes sense, right? It does make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The other one here is a report by the Project Management Institution found that organizations with leaders who embrace failure and foster that culture of learning tend to have higher project success rates. This underscores the importance of reframing failure as a key leadership skill in driving project success. So again, what we're seeing here is those that are willing to embrace it and understand that it's part of the process, I'll call it part of the process, they're going to see long-term gains, which I think is... Um, uh, before I turn it over to you, because I know you you have a couple... Um, when it comes to really the, the educational side or the mm-hmm. principal side. But this last one I want to show here is a study published in the Journal of Applied Psychology. Leaders who embraced failure were found to have higher levels of resilience and adaptability. Just what we were talking about. This suggests that lead, uh, 
this suggests that reframing failure can contribute to the overall effectiveness of the success of leaders. Yeah, I got a couple. Um, they're not like earth shattering or anything, but these are from setbacks to success again, embracing failure in leadership. This is from Learning Policy Institute. Uh, found. Um, let's see. Am I on the right one? Hmm. Oh, this one's talking about teacher retention, and you talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a huge one, and yep. and just basically leaders that are embracing and encouraging failure. Um, not encouraging failure. That's, I don't want to get encouraging a healthy relationship towards failure. I like that. Have, right there, yeah. have a higher retention rate of teachers. Well, my gosh, if that's, if that's the product of, of having a healthier relationship with the idea of failure, so many things are going to be profoundly impacted in a positive way by, by retaining staff. We know how hard it is when you have staff turnover. Um, so that, mm-hmm. that one's, that one's crucial. Um, and then the other one, uh, it's just a report by, uh, Ed Surge, just talking about the, the principles are emphasize, emphasizing the, the importance of modeling, you know, you talked about it, vulnerability, uh, again, that, that fostering that culture of experimentation. We use that word a lot, experimentation, because, um, like you stated, how do we know that a certain learning strategy uh, or teaching strategy or, or whatever, how do we know it doesn't work unless we try it? And, and so right. I think that's, that's a huge component um, to this. And then just making sure that, that leaders, you're, you're providing that support. And sometimes it's very, very literal. It's, it's as simple as telling somebody, Hey, I saw you try that. And I noticed that it didn't get the results that you were looking for. What did you learn from that? What did you take in away? What would you mm-hmm. do different next time? I think, I mean, every time I do a race, those are a couple of questions I ask myself. Did it go the way I wanted it to? And what did I learn about the race itself? What did I learn about myself? And what would I do different next time? Because it's it's a it's a chess match. Yeah. Every time you do it, you learn something. Mm-hmm. You, you take a little nugget of, of new information and then you apply it the next time. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love it. Hey, let's uh, wrap up with some strategies here. Uh, and then uh, I know we'll share our takeaways here for uh, this show, but some strategies that leaders can implement to overcome the barriers associated with embracing failure. So again, if you're a principal, if you're a leader, even an educator, what are some things you can do um, to help others uh, overcome the barriers associated with embracing failure? The, the, the first thing I'm going to say is, Again, let, create that environment where your team members, your staff, they feel safe to take risks. Because if they don't feel safe to take, they're not going to do it. They're yeah. just they're just not going to do it. You need to create that space where it, it's it's okay to do that. And then also um, create that environment where you can share failures too. It's to be able to talk about it, to be able to do it, but then to be able to sit around a, a table. And maybe you're with your admin team or with your whatever, maybe professional learning team, whatever it may be. But if you can have that uh, that environment where people can talk about failure without being judged, man, that's when that to me is when true growth and true innovation really takes place because you can sit around and, and that's how you grow and that's how you, your team will grow. That's how your building's going to grow and all that other stuff. I think that 
is good. And then also, um, just make sure that you don't have that, that, that judgment or punishment. I mean, if you're, if, you know, if somebody's going to be vulnerable enough and you're creating that environment where people are able to talk about the things that maybe didn't go well, but that's how they're growing. You can't have people in your, your organization or your system that are punishing or judging and all that stuff. I think that just creates an unhealthy environment. But then again, that would just mean, make sure you have that open communication, you're listening and you have that respect for, for each other. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, the next one is pretty straightforward. There's not a whole lot to say about it. We've talked about it a lot, and we talk about it on the show almost every episode, is leading by example, okay? Um, there's, there's not a lot of frills to that. It's just make sure you're moder- modeling vulnerability, uh, making sure that you're talking about your own failures. Be public. Like I said, take risks in front of your staff. Um, they can be calculated risks, but take risks. Make sure your staff is aware that you are doing something that you might not be successful with, and, that, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, another option, we're talking about encouraging reflection and learning, um, making sure that there's there's continuous improvement with, with your team members. You know, We're talking about... Um, structured reflection, um, post-project evaluations. Give them, give them time. Bring them together and and have collaborative conversations and meetings, team meetings, focusing on on the the learned experiences and the 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 things that they're getting from these experiences, and and um, really just encourage and provide opportunities for those vulnerable conversations to take place. I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A couple more here that uh, we can share is provide the support and resources uh, for staff, for your team, for uh, your organization, your building, whatever it is. But if you're going to offer those resources, trainings, maybe their mentorship programs that can really help individuals to develop that resilience that we're talking about and to learn from failure, I think is going to be so crucial for your building, for your organization, for your district, even for your classroom. I mean, if you break it down even to that, that, that aspect of it, but, you know, provide access to workshops, uh, provide access to, to coaching, professional development opportunities. There's so many awesome professional development opportunities out there um, that focus on uh, building skills related to embracing failure and, and learning from setbacks. Um, this support is going to, you know, I think it's going to empower uh, your staff or just individuals in your building or organization uh, to be able to navigate challenges uh, more effectively. And then the last thing is, is so important. And I know uh, we've talked about this too. And, and it's something that y- it can go by the wayside and you can forget about. Um, but if you don't celebrate effort and growth, and those are little things, but when I say they're little things, but they can be really big things if you do those and recognize the effort uh, and celebrate the progress made by uh, your staff, your team, your building, uh, regardless of the outcome, just celebrate those little efforts and growth. Highlight maybe stories of resilience uh, and learning from failure. Uh, the other thing I would say too is just uh, if you if you can just shift the so much we put on the the end right we always put so much on the outcome and the the end of it we don't 
there's the process part of it. And I like to talk about the process because to me, the process is where uh, everything is taking place. If you are going to focus in on the process and the growth and the development of what you are doing or what your team's doing or what your building's doing it and you're celebrating that part of it, I think that's going to be really good. The outcome is going to happen, right? But if you are, if you are, uh, enjoying the process and really taking care of what needs to get taken care of each and every day and celebrating those. I think you really, you will see, um, uh, you will, I think you will see great outcomes, but just it's, it's that, that continuous learning mindset, uh, and improvement that you are instilling in your, your staff, in your building with your students, whatever. I think when you're doing that, so Very my good. friend, um, one of the, th- before we, I guess, cause this question comes up to me a little bit and maybe you can speak to it a little bit, but there's a lot of, and I have these conversations just in the role that I'm in. Um, and I get to have, um, some pretty unique conversations with individuals, but one of the things that comes out a lot is leaders, leaders talk about how they're, they're negative, they're mm-hmm. overthinking, uh, and then they just have that fear of failure. But what are, how can leaders, how can principals, how can leaders, educators, whoever you are out there, how can you, how can they combat mm. overthinking, the negativity, and just that fear of failing? Um, you know, the first, the first few things that come to mind, we've mentioned before on the show for various topics. Uh, yeah. That first one is mindfulness. Yep. And and I, st- you know, it's funny because I I still struggle with how how to define mindfulness, and mm-hmm. and how do you, because it's, it's such a personal thing. And and um, again, for me, it's the the best definition is just awareness, being able to tap into the awareness of of things that are happening to you, things that you're feeling. Um, so I I would say that that's, that's one, um, we've talked about Mm -hmm. negative self-talk. So reframing negative thoughts, um, just, just, I mean, it sounds silly, but challenge those negative thoughts, reframe them and, and be kind to yourself. Um, don't, don't dwell Mm -hmm. on, on the, the failures or the potential failures, um, talk about you know and focus on the opportunities for growth. Um, replace replace those that that negative self talk with self compassion. Remind yourself over and mm-hmm. over again. You know, have a mantra: failure is okay. Failure is okay. You know, whatever it is, whatever works for you. But um, I think just the the concept of reframing negative thoughts, negative self talk, I think is another one. Um, uh, you know, another one pops into my head: realistic expectations. Okay. Um, avoid setting unrealistic expectations for yourself. It's that's going to contribute to negative thinking because if you're constantly not reaching your goal because you've got an unreal expectation, you're going to be more inclined to have negative self-talk. So it's okay Mm -hmm. to not reach your goal, but, but maybe you barely missed it. But if you are absolutely Mm -hmm. just miles away from reaching your goal all the time, that's going to be hard to overcome. So those are, those yeah. are a few right off the top. Yeah. The other piece I would, I, you know, I've, I, I would just encourage again, 
is seek support and get that feedback. Surround yourself with, you know, people that you can trust, people that uh, can give the, um, you know, could be a mentor, could be a peer, uh, just that can provide guidance for you and give you some constructive feedback that can help you. They're not going to tear you down, but they're going to really help move you uh, in a positive direction. Uh, I think that can be so important. And then at the end of the day, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to take some risks. Um, And I would say you don't need to go crazy, but maybe just take a calculated risk that you've, you know, you thought about like, I'm going to try this and see what happens. Um, But that can really help with, you know, your, it doesn't, like I said, I don't want it to be when I say it, I don't want it to be, it doesn't even beg, but just start with those small steps uh, and do that. And then really just celebrate the courage that you did it. Not even what happens, right? Don't worry about if it, if it, if you failed or you didn't fit, whatever it is, just celebrate that you took a risk. And that's a small piece of going back to, to celebrate um, that you can do that. And the last piece I'd say, is that remember that failure is, I mean, all the, all the things we talked about here today, it is a necessary step towards being successful. So, all right, Kevin, let's uh, wrap up here with, uh, you know, what's one takeaway that you can share with listeners that uh, leaders, principals, uh, educators can start doing right away to overcome uh, failure. We've talked about it, but I'm going to stress it again. Encourage that culture of learning, um, creating that environment where team members feel safe, where they can take risks, share their failures without fear of judgment or punishment. Um, you know, that's not a that's not a that's not a one time activity. That's not something that you can say, "Oh, Tuesday, I checked it off my list." That's an ongoing uh, endeavor. But but you know, that's something you can start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's something you can start tomorrow assess, assess your culture, assess it and, and be honest with yourself and say, do people feel comfortable with the idea of failing around me or around this system and this organization? And, and if not, then take, take the necessary steps to start changing that culture and, and being aware and, and it doesn't, you're not going to fix it tomorrow, but you can, you can start tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of going off that, I would just say, if you're a principal, if you're a leader, educator, whatever it is, really encourage your team members, encourage your staff to reflect on maybe some of the things that didn't go well, right? And not do it in a punishment, gotcha, negative way. Do it as a way of, hey, what are some things we can learn from this and how can we continually grow from this? Because there, there's... I think when you go through failure and everything that I've learned and everything that we've been talking about today, there's some really key findings that you, 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 that you find that, that can really help you uh, do that. And then the, then the, I would just say along with that is just to make sure that you encourage uh, your team, the people you're working with um, to help them figure out what are some, maybe actionable steps that they can start taking for improvement 
based on some of the things that they've learned. Again, this is a team effort here. And if you can create, like you were talking about the culture of learning, if you have a culture of learning in your building, your organization, and that you're helping individuals um, understand that and talk about it, you can help them create some actionable steps so they can move forward. So my friend, I always, always enjoy the conversation with you. This is one. Oh, the, you know what I forgot to talk about today, What's pal? That? Can What's I just that? really quickly share this? I know it's at the very end, but I'm a big, one of the, the, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm going to, the, the Miracle on Ice, the 1980 team, right? Oh yeah. They defeated, uh, they defeated the Soviets, yep. right? And there was a thing that from 1960 mm-hmm. and 1980 that USSR had beaten the United States in all 12 of their matchups, huh. right? And the outscoring and this does outscoring the Americans 117 to 26. <laughs> I'd say they had their number. <laughs> they did, right? But here's the thing. So they have failed. They yeah. have failed. They had gotten their, you know, beat butts kicked in. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of things, obviously, and we could we could have another show on this, but mm-hmm. the whole the whole point of it is they went into that 1980 semifinal Olympic game mm-hmm. and ended up defeating USSR, the Russians, and were able to get themselves into that gold medal game and actually defeating Finland and they won end up winning the gold medal. But I mean I mean, talk about overcoming um, failure. That to me is a, a, a key piece there. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, movies of all so. time. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is a great movie. Hands down. All right, my friend. I hope everybody uh, has a fantastic week. Again, thanks for checking in with KJ and JP. Hey, everybody. Keep doing what you need to do. Stay healthy, stay well, keep living and leading with purpose. Take care.